Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence and Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, everybody. Hope you came hungry. It's time for another episode of Two Dudes in a Kitchen. It's Wells and Tyler Florence hanging out with you. Later on the show, we're going to have the host of F-Boy Island, Nikki Glazer, on the show, which is effectively the exact same show. So my question is to you, Tyler. Why don't you have a show where uh, a bunch of people come to a, a beast locale and date one another? Well, you know, like we talked about this, I don't know, probably maybe like six months or so ago, but I turned down The Bachelor, right? So, but, but we're talking yeah. about like, we're talking like back in like 2003, it was a long time ago, right? Um, but um, I think those shows are are just endlessly entertaining because you, because everybody dates, everybody wants to look attractive and feel attractive. Everybody thinks these people are just ridiculous and yes. it's fantastic television. Yeah. Fantastic television. Guilty pleasure, got to watch all of them, binge all of them, love somebody, hate somebody, good TV. I think you'd be a good host for one of those shows. Listen, back the truck up, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> naked, you, grill, you, naked Grill Island. That's what we'll, we'll, yes. we'll call it, man. Yeah, you, you got to grill naked. So so, so 10 smoking hot barbecue chefs, yeah. nothing, but an apron and a smile. Get Ooh. together on some island somewhere between F Boy Island and Fiji, somewhere somewhere out there in the world, right? Yeah. And uh, and they're they're gonna grill. Hopefully, they don't get any splatter. You know. I know. Hopefully, it be very dangerous for for a chance at love and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. The script writes itself. It does. Yeah. Well, I'm super pumped to have Nikki Glazer on. We, before the show was starting, uh, we were talking about. I, I'm a friend of hers. I've known her for for a long time, and you as well. Yeah, um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're good friends, and and uh, it, you know it all starts on Instagram, right? I mean, just, we're just yeah. you know, it's like you kind of start liking the same stuff, and then you know it, you end up being. And I'm a huge comedy fan, love mm -hmm. comedy. Uh, here in San Francisco, I I I, uh, I drive by Cobb's Comedy Club, and if, if you know co you know comedy clubs in San Francisco, it's one of the big ones, legendary comedy club. 
and uh, uh and usually I'll, I'll catch the 9:30 set on the way home from the restaurant and I'll just sneak in I know the GM I got a regular table and I literally just go oh. pitch somebody and I just love it right and then when I'm in Los Angeles uh we usually stay somewhere around sunset and I'm at the comedy store most nights and it yep. is kind of like that fun thing that not a lot of people know I think if you're on television I think studying comedy is a really good thing to do because you're watching people just be quick-witted and observant and I I think that kind of thing is a good repertoire to have just watch funny people be funny and uh and then i bet i just love it i mean comedians are like michelle wolf is in town uh this week i'm actually gonna go see her tomorrow night at cops comedy club and so um yeah i'm into it i like comedians they're funny that's awesome one kind of interesting thing about nikki is that she is vegan which is something that i can't understand and i imagine as a chef you have to battle with this because you're limiting yourself with what you can do in the kitchen when you decide to become vegan. But I guess it also presents an opportunity to be creative with things that you kind of aren't normally creative with. Yeah. How do you feel about like having things vegan on your menu? Now, listen, if you follow me on Instagram, I have a steakhouse. I I love beef. You know what I mean? Like we, I, I get very particular about cattle and how they're raised and, we're actually doing this. It's not a, it's not totally approved yet, but we're doing this big event in South by Southwest uh, coming up in March um, about beef, which is kind of cool. And and so I, I'm into it. I'm not going to like hide that I'm I'm a, I'm a vegan, but I do love vegetables. And and I I think actually cooking meat, you know, it, it, as much as as much as I love it, I do think it's kind of lazy as from mm-hmm. a chef's perspective, right? Because like, what are you going to do? I'm going to take this this piece of meat, which is you know you know uh, a 45 day dry aged spectacular marbling i'm gonna put some salt on it and i'm gonna grill it until it yeah. reaches a certain temperature easy right but then when you start like leaning into vegetables and justly into vegetables you're actually jumping into the widest spectrum of food that exists on planet earth because there's you know it, vegetables are, are where the real storytelling is honestly when it comes to creating menus and cooking because a pork chop it tastes like a pork chop from january to july there's not a lot of difference, but the vegetables from January to July are a mm. completely different spectrum of color and flavor. And, you know, you go from like, you know, we go from like roasted pumpkin, butternut squash and walnuts and figs and dates and like, you know, pumpkin and parsnip, all these kind of really wonderful, like winter flavors into where we are now, which is almost the peak season of tomatoes, like super fresh, delicious herbs, strawberries are popping. You're getting some early root vegetables, but, uh, but summertime is kind of amazing. So I think if you just lean into that specifically as a chef, I, I think you, you have to have a deep repertoire. You have to have a deep Rolodex of vegetables and flavors to be able to kind of just explore that. Because if not, you're just, you're just cutting yourself off. You know what I mean? You're, you're just kind of limiting what you want to know and what you want to learn about cooking. And so I, I'm into it, right? Like I, I could easily be vegan. I, as much as I eat meat and I probably eat meat most days, I could flip and be vegan in two seconds flat. I could. What do you think is uh, one recipe in terms of vegetables or fruit that every home chef should know how to make? Well, I I think simply just roasting vegetables, right? Because it's one technique that crosses over to just about anything you can buy in the produce section. And when I talk to a lot of like young parents, when they're dealing with like, you know, two, three, four, five-year-old kids that are, you know, sort of just picky just because they haven't had a chance to taste most things. I think teaching people how to roast vegetables is the slam dunk three point from 40 yards out. Great technique to be able to make vegetables taste delicious and so you kind of cut them into consistent sizes you put them on a sheet pan olive oil and salt 
350, 25, 30 minutes until they get deeply caramelized. And the natural starches inside the, the vegetables turn into sugar. So you, you, instead of giving that that kind of gross Brussels sprout flavor, you get that roasted Brussels sprout flavor, and they just turn delicious. So I, I think that that's a really, really great technique to be able to kind of use, you know, open up to most things in the produce section of the grocery store. And then, you know, just serve that with, you know, simple carbohydrates, right? Like, 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 you know, knowing we, we talked about rice a couple of podcasts ago, knowing how to make a good pot of rice is really great. Um, know how to make polenta, which is, you know, you and I grew up in the South. They, they call them grits down there. Um, that's a really great carbohydrate too. And, and to be able to kind of balance that out with like, you know, just fresh lettuces and fresh leafy lettuces. You know, if anybody needs more uh, literature, you know, vegetables are healthy for you. It, it's, a, it's a great, healthy way to, you know, think about a diet. Um, and uh, if you like meat, you like meat. If you like vegetables, I love that too. How do you feel about, um, you know, like the big craze right now is this impossible meat, right? Um, this kind of fake protein. Yeah. yeah. How do you Plant feel about because I feel like I feel like most chefs I talk to aren't super into it. I think it's disgusting. Yeah, I really do. I think I think it's gross, and also I, I think it's had its day. It's had its moment in the sun. I remember at Wayfair Tavern, our restaurant in San Francisco, we because you know in San Francisco you're, you know, we we get access to so much great like tech information just because all the executives, all the companies are here, right? So Impossible Barker is based out of the Bay Area, and and we hosted a b round fundraising event at wayfair tavern on the on the on the fourth floor back it must have been like 2013 2014 a long time ago right and uh and they were sampling the burgers and and it was like this like plant-based thing you know uh and nobody really asked the question past plant-based like what what do you mean by that like okay plant-based yeah. okay then why right tell me the ingredients right but it was it was supposed to be this like plant-based thing that actually bled that was sort of like it, it bleeds like natural juices. And like to me, it, listen, if you don't like vegetables, let's just if we don't like meat, let's just go vegetables. Right. You know, I, I don't understand like what what the what the fascination the fascination is, is with a hamburger. If you don't like meat at all to me, if I were a vegan, I don't think I would be into burgers. I just it wouldn't be my thing. Yeah. You, do you like them? I, I think they're OK. And I do think that like it does have the texture. Um and and maybe the mouth feel of like ground beef. Yeah. My thing is is that I don't know if I think it's any healthier. I I think that that's what they're selling. You know, they're selling yeah. that it's not you know um, going to clog your arteries and it's not fat and you know ground beef is is fatty and all this stuff. And I don't know if I think it's any healthier. I think it's probably got a lot more sodium than normal protein does. And in, in that respect, I'm not sure if I think it's any better for you. I, I don't think it's better for you at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's empty calories. I, I don't I don't think yeah. it's nutritious at all. And and if it is, it's modified. Like so, to me, the, the idea about being a vegan and kind of living close to the earth and and knowing where your produce comes from, I think like and plant based burgers are the antithesis of that. It's like the exact opposite of of knowing where your food comes from. Because like I just don't think anybody like if just quickly look it up and like 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 the what are the ingredients of a of a plant based burger. I mean, it's, it's soy, it's right? Well, it's so, some of it's soy, and 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 then then it, it gets in the chemicals and lecithins and like thickeners and like weird gums and stuff like that pretty quickly. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, I, I'm not saying it's like Soylent Green or anything, but it, but it, it, it's just, I, I just, I personally think it's gross. Like if you're going to eat a burger, eat a burger. If you're not, there's lots of vegetable choices out there. Get a salad or whatever. Um, but uh, that, that kind of crossover thing. Now, now uh, we should have a podcast because uh, I, I think the emerging technology of what's kind of been calling like vegan meat, like real vegan meat, where uh, in, in labs, they're starting to develop cell structures Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in a laboratory setting that produces animal protein without actually killing the animal. So there's one company in particular that we're talking to actually about going to business with them because their, their, their product is that exciting. It's exciting. Um, is it, like the, they biopsy the pig. The pig is still alive, and then and then and, and then the 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 process of 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 uh, cultivating this in a lab, it produces almost the exact body weight of the pig like once a month. Really. Yeah. And so, so it's like, so as we start to get into like, you know, 10, 11, 12 billion people on planet earth, we're going to start to have, we're going to have to figure out something else. Right. I mean, like yeah. there's definitely like an insustainable, clear message when it comes to uh, a lot of like mass production beef. And also like, I think the idea of putting beef ranches, I mean, if you talk, call laboratories, beef ranches, like closer to the city, so they're not so way out in the middle of the Midwest or whatever. I think there's place for that in, in the world. And, and so listen, if you don't, if you don't kill the animal, which I I think most vegans that that's their core issue with it. It's just yeah. you know what could be what could be considered cruel, uh, and I understand that. Um, it, you know, it, it, if you don't have to kill the animal to get the produce, I mean, to get the protein, like I, I don't know, is that vegan? It, it yeah. might be. It sounds like it, right? I think so. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of vegans um, lack protein in their diet. I, I guess my question is, what are some vegan protein sources that you think are are good for vegans out there? Um, well, you, you know, I'm a big fan of tofu. I think tofu is delicious, like silken tofu, like especially if you get something that kind of feels like, you know, hot pot sort of like Szechuan style Chinese cooking, which is just fantastic. You know, like a, like a really good mushroom broth, chilies, noodles, and then you sink, you know, cubes of silken tofu inside of that to get some texture. I think that's fantastic. I think beans are great. Do you like beans? Do you like rice and beans? I mean, I love beans when they're in my mouth, but then when they're in my stomach, things change a little bit well yeah and and, and sometimes sometimes people have a, have a have a hard time digesting that like to me like i i, I could probably eat rice and beans most days like yeah. it, well and because i'm a chef and we have this thing called family meal at night you know if you've ever worked in a restaurant you know what i'm talking about tell everyone what family meal is because that's a very interesting thing that if you've never worked in a restaurant you have no idea what's going on yeah so family meal is this like ceremony where you know the kitchen feeds everybody in the restaurant and mm-hmm. it gives us a chance to kind of sit down we usually we usually use it as an excuse to have a meeting right so while you're yeah. eating we're going to talk to you about service tonight and what's kind of coming up we get a chance to go through the reservation book you know talk about vips that are coming in talk about very specific allergies table service style you know that that's where we introduce new dishes to the staff uh, you know, talk about like what they call the spiel of like how wait staff like communicate. Anyway, there's like a big laundry list of stuff we cover, but but food is really simple. And and what also what I like about that because of the ethnic diversity of of all of our kitchen team, it goes in rotation. So uh, our uh, our chef uh, departee, which is our our sort of our event chef, he's from the Philippines, and his like soulful like home cooking is spectacular. 
and and it's really great rice, really great, usually beans, and then like there's some sort of like chicken. It kind of like blends in between like Spanish and Singapore, like Singaporean food. It's like it kind of feels Asian, Southeastern Asian, and also kind of feels uh, Spanish all at the same time. It's delicious. So, anyways, that's family meal. But um, but uh, you know, no, usually we have rice and beans all the time, and sometimes some of our uh, folks from Mexico will kind of throw down with like rice and beans plus like you know pork, and then you know tomatoes and avocado and lime and all kinds of fun stuff. So rice and beans are a big part of my daily diet anyway. Um, but I think that take to answer your question on a protein level, like, you know, I, I think that is, is a great way to take a look at it. And then it, it, listen, if you, if you don't have to be a vegan, you can, if you can at least jump into eggs, right? Like you, like eggs are great. Eggs are a mm. great fat protein. And I think that stuff is just like, I, I don't know if I could live without eggs. Yeah. Can you be a vegetarian and still eat eggs? Yeah. So a vegetarian is technically uh, whatever you don't have to kill the animal to get. Yeah. So a vegetarian, it's eggs, it's cheese, it's cream. Yeah. Uh, it's it's butter, you know, things like so that. It's all the good yeah. stuff. It's all the good stuff. It's all the, it's all yeah. the byproduct, right? Milk, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, and then, then then there's veganism that is like then you can be a pescatarian, which is just kind mm-hmm. of a fish aficionado kind of a thing. But um, listen, I, I think there's room for everybody. We definitely make room at the restaurant loud and clear um, on on our menus. We want to make sure everybody comes in. And right now we have, there's this amazing vegan dish. It's uh, it's honey smoked carrots uh, that we get from a farm up in Sonoma. And we uh, we smoke them on our smoker outside. We clean it first, right? And then and then we smoke them, and then and they're just like tender and delicious. And then we baste them and and this like nut honey, which is amazing. And then we serve that with uh, polenta. That's like an heirloom Italian corn that one of our farm partners up in Petaluma, up in Sonoma County produces. And it's just amazing. So we, we get the corn in. It's like big, huge kernels. We grind it ourselves in a Vitaprep. And then you kind of cook it in a little bit of water. You know, bring it up in salt water, finish it in olive oil. And then we finish it with a corn puree, especially this time of year. It, it's the sexiest grits you've ever had. You know, Oof. so and then th- that we take, we take we take the tops of the carrots and we make a um, carrot top pesto out of that and then kind of finish that with sunflower seeds make it kind of hippie you know it's because yeah. we're in california um but dude I, I could easily eat like that all the time we were talking about cheese earlier and i guess nutritional yeast has become a great substitute for cheese do you have a recipe um idea using nutritional yeast yeah well as a matter of fact i have got a i've got a surprise now do you want to see it or do you want you want to wait for nikki to hop on so nikki's kind of hop on him a little bit so i i texted nikki earlier this yeah. week i'm like what what's your favorite like vegan dish what are you into and she goes, I am really into cashew ricotta cheese. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's a nut cheese. I'm starting to process that. Never made it before. Looked up a couple of recipes and I said, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And so basically you have to take um, uh, cashews that are soaked in water, raw, untoasted cashews soaked in water. And you got to soak them in water for a couple of hours until the flesh, the meat gets really, really soft and almost kind of waterlogged. Cause then you're going to get a real smooth puree. If, if you don't go through that process, it's going to be chunky, almost like crunchy peanut butter. Right. Yeah. So let it get, let it get really, really, really soft. And then um, you add nutritional yeast to that, um, which is, which is sort of a, a byproduct of making bread from the yeast, from the yeast development process. And, and it's just delicious. And it has sort of a cheesy aroma to it anyway, which is vegan. So, so you add nutritional yeast, you add lemon juice, you add salt and you add olive oil, and then you blend it in a food processor. As a matter of fact, I made a, I made a video that we're going to pop up on our Instagram thing, kind of walk through the whole process. And, uh, and then you, you blend it. It looks like hummus and, and mm-hmm. it, and it, 
it, it eats like hummus. It doesn't taste like chickpeas. It tastes like cashew, which is really nice. Very creamy, very luxurious, very rich, amazing, right? So I think that's a fantastic spread. It's a great recipe that uses nutritional yeast uh, to kind of give that sort of artificial sort of aroma of like cheese, right? Which is sort of like that fermented flavor, which is, which I think, I think is great, especially if you like soft cheeses like ricotta. And so yeah. do you, do you, want, you want to see it? You want to see what I made? Yeah. I, I did yeah. a little cooking. I, cook I want a sneak peek. Let's see. Okay, sure. Okay, great. So here, check it out. Ooh. So, I'm, so I made this big like hummus bladder, right? Yeah. And is that, uh, are those strawberries? Yeah, bro. These are strawberries from my garden. Bang. Okay. So Dang. so th these, are, these are strawberries from my garden, right? So I roasted them in the oven. Also roasted beets, basil from my garden. Basil, yeah. Yeah, I topped this off with uh, furikake, which is uh, which is um, seaweed and um, uh, sesame seeds. Really, really delicious flavor. Um, so traditional seasoning for rice, which I think is amazing. Right? And then you kind of put this whole thing together and you serve it with uh, levon, like toasted bread. So it mm -hmm. really kind of eats like a hummus, um, which I think is kind of fun. Anyway, it's a surprise for her a little bit later, you know. And But does it taste like cheese? Is it got like a creamy flavor to it yeah. or is it more yeah, of like yeah, a hummus? Really well, I mean, do you want to? I feel like I, 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 I snuck some, and that cool and that pretty, right? So yeah, like the, the the strawberries are roasted, so they're nice and juicy. The mm -hmm. beets are roasted, so they're in that kind of really beautiful earthy flavor. And then I, I think it's a fun hummus kind of you know adjacent idea to put together for an appetizer for a big platter, right? Yeah. And, and then you, you could totally add other fun stuff to that. You, I could have dropped in a couple of roasted beets to that and changed the color profile. But then I uh, I got a big loaf of Levan from the market today and I grilled it Ooh. outside, right? So like nice big smoky grilled bread, and then you just sort of nosh on it, right? Yeah, a big a big schmear. I think it's kind of nice. No, there's nothing better than like grilled bread when you yeah. get that smoky flavor on there. It's totally. the best. Dark dark toast. Yeah, dark toast. Yeah, toast is best when it's almost burnt. That's when the bread tastes the best. I was watching this video on TikTok the other day about um, what you should be doing to your tomatoes before you eat them because they're so mass produced at this point and so full of water and you're, you're not getting a lot of the flavor. And, and they were saying that something that you should do after you slice your tomatoes is you should salt them and let that water come out of the tomato. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, so the difference between, you know, um, like it, warmer parts of the country like in the south right i mean you, you, most places can grow tomatoes right but mm -hmm. if you're kind of in an area that has hot summers like the south and then also has a lot of rainstorms like the south you're going to get big fat juicy tomatoes that are very watery yeah right so and and then areas that don't really get a lot of rain but do get hot summers like out here in california like you do get you get the a deeper more intense uh, tomato flavor, uh, just because the vines are stressed, uh, they, you know, they, they have a, a more difficult time kind of reaching water and nutrients down the soil. So, but you get a more concentrated tomato flavor. I, I don't think you, you know, it, it, was there like a safety concern with the water on, on the tomatoes? Like, tell me about your article you read. No, it, it was more of like the flavors are much more vibrant when you salt them a little bit and leach some of that water out of the tomatoes before you use them in like a sandwich or in a salad or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, make, that makes total sense. Well, because listen, when you're cooking, water is your arch enemy. Mm -hmm. Water is like what you want to get rid of, right? So when you're sauteing something, you see the steam come up. That moisture that was inside the, ve the vegetables and the plants is like diluting 
like the soul of that particular flavor profile, right? So, yeah. so I, I, I think there's something to that. I mean, obviously, when you add salt to something, you're going to make it taste better anyway. And yeah. I think if you're going to get rid of the, I mean, you know what? I do that with salsa, right? So if I'm if I'm going to make like a really good tomato salsa, because I think sometimes when you just chop a really good tomato and then throw it into a bowl, you know, with like a little bit of onion and then jalapeno and then lime juice and salt. Like you're uh, in cilantro, like you, you, when you add salt to it, it's going to be a, a, a wet mess in about five minutes. So yeah. I usually salt the tomatoes, drain the tomatoes, and then and then make a, a salsa, which kind of it's a little more clingy to a chip and doesn't like drip off. So that there's some there there. I like that. That's a good technique. Speaking of spices, um, you know, obviously, if you are vegan, you are constantly searching for things to like kind of brighten up or spice up your your dishes what are some spices that that you use that i think maybe the typical home chef doesn't use a lot that would absolutely be a game changer for them yeah i mean uh, uh, now we're talking uh, we just cleaned out our pantry like we do this like i don't know once a year or so because we do i shoot a lot of cookbooks we shoot tv shows here at the house we, we have dinner parties here at the house we have big huge events here at the house so so the pantry can collect a lot of like bits and bobs throughout the year so we just clean everything out i just bought a bunch of new spices we, we, we kind of refreshed everything and then uh, and then started putting them into like collections of flavor profiles that i think really really kind of make sense so for example so like if you if you took uh teriyaki sauce from the grocery store right and you took broccoli so you're gonna take broccoli, cut it into spears, and then hit it with a little bit of um, sesame oil and salt, and then roast that in the oven, and then glaze it with a little bit of teriyaki sauce, kind of right at the very end, and then hit that with some fresh sesame seeds. And, and then you know what I mean? And then and then like I I and then also like a little bit of nori on top of that. I think that's and squeeze a lime juice right at the very end. I mean, it's just delicious. Um, I think fish sauce is a really great uh, condiment for mm. like Brussels sprouts, uh, chili crunch is a great condiment. Um, there's a uh, um, Rene Rizepi uh, from Noma in Copenhagen has this new company called um, Noma Projects, and they're producing this uh, vegan um, uh, vegan XO sauce. As a matter of fact, I might run in the kitchen and grab it. It's banging. It's it, it's a vegan exo sauce and it's made with smoked pumpkin, uh, tomatoes, chilies, rose, and yuzu, and it's fifty bucks a jar, and I'm going through about one every two weeks, and I put it on everything. Like I put I slapped Ooh. it on a burger. I mean, it's just so great. Um, I think that that's incredible. Anything that kind of feels like kind of fun Asian stuff, I, I really like those flavor profiles a lot. I mean, if you like barbecue yeah. rubs, I mean, you can make a barbecue rub. You know, you like barbecued carrots. Um, there's a, a restaurant in um, in Chicago called Republican, and, and it's like beer and pork, but they do have this like very famous roasted carrot salad uh, that they barbecue carrots. So they take them, they, they poach them, and they grill them, but they dust them in like a barbecue seasoning, which is which is just great. It matches up with oh. that sugar beautifully. So there's lots of different places you can do that. My my tendency is either to go like Mediterranean. So I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna go lemon and salt, maybe like marjoram or oregano or something like that. And I think that's really nice. Uh, uh, and or I really like Japanese flavors. Yeah. All right, now I'm hungry. Um, we're gonna take a quick yeah. break. When we come back, um, you're gonna showcase your cashew cheese. Yes. To our uh, our guest Nikki Glazer, one of the funniest freaking people in the world. In the world. Host of F Boy Island, also just a sweet human being in general. We'll be back in one second. When we come back, Tyler's going to make all of us hungry with this cashew yep. cheese, and Nikki's going to make us laugh. Stick around. 
You are listening to Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. Uh, it's now Two Dudes and a, and a very, very wonderful human Aww. lady, comedian, host, actress. Nikki Glazer, I've known you for a couple of years now. I know Tyler uh, knows you as well. I mean, you, yeah. you've kind of done everything. I mean, obviously, you are this amazing stand-up comedian. You are hosting F-Boy Island. You've done plenty of things in the, the acting world. I guess my question is, what is your favorite thing to do in the entertainment industry? I think stand-up will always be the favorite because it is something that I can control and it's not up to anyone else, really, um, if I get to do it. Even if I stop doing theaters, you know, I'm at a point where I'm I'm getting to perform at theaters where I'm just uh, any bigger and I think it would not be as fun, even though I'll totally invite that, like arenas or whatever, whatever. (laughs) I've just reached... I'm at my point this in my life where I'm like too big for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it would be. It's not the best place to see comedy. And there is something about. um, Yeah, it just we always want more in life and more like what's the next thing I can do? And I'm honestly that's just like I don't really want much else. I keep getting asked to go to meetings about developing new things. And I'm like, I'm kind of good with where things are at. I think it's just not a it's not a mindset I'm used to being around in Hollywood or in this business or in life generally, like even billionaires want more billions. It's like, you can't even spend that money in a million lifetimes, but they still want more. And I feel like I'm at a place now where I feel uh, I'm really just happy with how things are. I don't need to get any bigger. And, um, but that being said, it's if when it all gets taken away inevitably, which is also probably part of the reason I feel that way is because I just know that it you don't stay like killing right. it forever like yeah. you're going to have ups and downs um but stand up is something that will always be consistent i'll i'll always be able to work you know the funny bone in st charles missouri like they'll always be they'll, <laughs> i'm at a level of fame now where they'll, i'll always be able to be squeezed in at go bananas in cincinnati and that's like a club that i used to be like god i hope i can get into go bananas so i'm at a level now where 
stand up is always something that I will be in charge of and I get to write and I get to produce and it's just me doing it and no one can tell me I can't. And um, but then there's F Boy Island, which is um, is the greatest job I've ever had in my life because I also get to really be myself and be funny and I don't have to memorize lines. I get to do writing in the type of way I like to do. And I get to watch a reality show um, take place before my eyes, which is also my favorite TV to consume. And then podcasting is great, too, because it's also I like things that aren't a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And podcasting is not a lot of work for me either. It's just I like things that are just conducive to who I am anyway and don't feel like a constant struggle. And um, and I I just don't like to be stressed all the time, even though I kind of am. So I guess um, I guess that answers the question. There's just like kind of a weird parallel. Um, You just finished filming, I think, F-Boy Island. And I'm pretty sure that someone from The Bachelor world was on the show. I think Katie Thurston was on the show. Can you can you give us any tea on what happens to her? Does she finally find love? Because she didn't find it on The Bachelorette. Right. Do they bounce around? They bounce around, right? They bounce around. And it's so smart to because people want to watch things where they know the people already you know it's hard to introduce new people which we have done before with the previous seasons but it's nice to have someone coming from that world who knows how to be on camera and Mm -hmm. deal with a reality show and you know just is is familiar with how things work and isn't tired by the process and does you know when normal people leave their jobs to go to a reality show they think they know what they're in for they've watched enough of these shows they're excited they get picked and then six episodes in they want to go home they're over it. Yes, they're falling in love. Yes, this is exciting. And there's all these feelings that are really happening. I mean, that's not fake, but they're just kind of over it. And they get they just they get pissy. They are not used to being on sets. They just don't know how it goes. And so it's kind of like a struggle to get them through a couple episodes to make good TV. And with Katie, it was not. She just knows what she's in for. And so she it's nice, it's nice to have a pro. It's nice to have a pro, someone who knows like, Oh, I'm going to heighten this um, thing that's happening right now because I know that this looks good on TV. You know, she's not doing things in a calculated manner. She's just in the way that I'm been around long enough that I know how to tell a story and make certain things a little exaggerated to make it more intriguing. She's just aware that she's on camera in a way that is like very nice for people making TV. And so I will say that it is a very compelling season, um, not just because of her because of other things too but we were very very lucky to have her and i'm so excited for people to see what does happen because i I know and it's great (laughs) (laughs) i won't say if she finds love or not but you know everyone finds love on these shows you've done it before wells like it's set up to find love and people can say it's fake all day which yes the, the circumstances are fake but i always compare reality tv to like the zoo you don't go to the zoo and go like these pandas are so fake this yeah. isn't really like, <laughs> yeah, the setting is fake, but the reason they're having sex is because somewhat two people put them in a cage together and they eventually <laughs> fell in love. Like, oh my God, it's real, though. The sex they're having is real. You don't say that animals in captivity are fake, but the setting is artificial. And everyone and that's what I love about FYLN is that we call that out and we're like, you know, we keep calling it an island with quotes around it because we're clearly not on an island. We constantly yeah. reference the show being a show and how ridiculous all of this is and the see there's just a lot of um we, we acknowledge what what the show's about we're not pretending that um it's but but what what we are leaning into is that 
and what I think a lot of people roll their eyes about is that these shows, like the people aren't really falling in love. That's complete bullshit. They 100% are. We're just fast tracking it. You too would fall in love if you lost your phone. Someone Uh took away your phone for weeks. (laughs) You you have no chance to meet anyone else. You're only going on dates with several people we've selected. And then not only when you, you are on dates with them, but when you're not on a date with them, you're talking to a producer about the date you just went on. And they're going, yeah. wow, you really like James, don't you? You guys seem to yeah. have a connection. So, of course, you're going to fall in love. We just we just speed it up. We microwave that shit. So yeah. it's 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 not a slow burn like it would be on the outside world, but it's the same feelings going on. It just is. Uh, it's just sped up. Start thinking through those thoughts, right? Like you're, you're like, um, what was I like? I'm going to get your your Netflix special. I think it was like 2019. You had this like great bit about like fall in love with a guy like you're standing in line at the at Starbucks. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I forget and, it. Yeah, it was, it was so funny. I was watching the other night. Uh but uh, it's like you start thinking through, okay, well I'm really really here and I'm am I really falling in love with this guy? I think I am. You start telling yourself that yes. over Oh, I that's why I've always I always wanted to be on a reality show. I always this it would be my dream to be the protagonist on a reality show, to be the bachelorette. Um I would totally give into it and I kind of like I'm I think I'm resistant to falling in love. So if there was a pressure of like, you're making a show, this has got to be entertaining. There are cameras on you. There's a lot of money invested in you falling in love. I think it might be easier for me. And I also am more myself with cameras on than I am when they're not on. I really I think that there's a side of me that comes out as that is an, a more authentic version of myself. But when I first got the call to do F-Boy Island, Alon called me and he's, you know, was a, a producer on The Bachelor forever. That's how Wells knows him. But he's yeah. he's a genius. He's like this creative genius. Uh-huh. He came up with F Boy Island, and he called me. He's like, "Um, I really want you to do the show F Girl Island." And I was like, "Are you serious?" I thought he was asking me to be one of the girls on the show. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> "Yes, I cannot wait. Finally, this is happening." I was like, "Alon, yes, are you kidding? I would love it because I think I had been in his ear about like, if you ever want a celebrity bachelorette, throw yeah. my hat in the ring." Um. And so I was like, I can't wait. And he's like, you're going to kill it as host. And I, re- I remember when he said that, I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so yes, that's exactly what I was tearing up about. <laughs> but it's like, it's, um, but it's close enough. You know, I'm witnessing it and, um, uh, and it's, yeah, it's, but I really did what I've, I've always wanted to like fall in love on camera. I would be, I would be great. I think in that setting, that's why I did my own reality show on E and kind of had, uh, it, I've always just wanted to do it and I'll do it again. It's the best. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You've got F Girl Island coming up. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ever film an iteration of that when you was on HBO? Because I know it was in the works. So so this is a new thing now. So I imagine there's a lot more problems dealing with F Girl Island compared to F Boy Island because I think it's okay to call guys F Boys. Yes. But not, I don't know if you can say that to girl. I don't know. Like, I feel when they're like self-proclaimed, it, you can when they okay. come in and say, I'm an F girl when they're announcing that. But you're not wrong about how it's just how you approach this is going to be different because we make fun of F boys. We go hard, you know, because yeah. that might not like age. Well, you know, we make fun of things. And now everyone's like, I can't believe they called Britney Spears fat 10 years ago at that thing. And it's like, well, everyone was on board with it. That like well, we were yeah. so stupid to do that. But like that was just the thing. And I think we'll probably look back and be like, Wow, we really mocked those men and weren't very like <laughs> sensitive to the their struggles they were probably going through that made them F boys or whatever. So it might not age well, like things don't, but it and it does make me kind of have a little bit of a I don't know. There I don't like when we treat women and men differently as as much I know we have to, but I don't like that we're like, well, we can't make fun of women. It's like, well, that's not fair to then to the men that we just made fun of. We gotta go hard on the women. But there is there are sensitivities that net, the network probably has to heed and pay attention to. So I think that um, we are we're probably still going to go hard on men on this one. And, and we'll just turn it to the three men who are the guys. And because men can I'm sorry, women are more sensitive. Men can kind of take being made fun of and lampooned a little bit better. So I, I hate to say that you are have to be the victims of um, beratement because you can take it more. But in some cases, that's true. Women are extremely sensitive. We're, we're um, emotional people. And also as a woman making fun of women, I think I just have to identify as an F girl myself, which I think I am. I'm someone who's scared of commitment. I'm someone who has avoided intimate relationships. I'm someone who's terrified of getting married. I always thought I was the one in relationships who was like, when's he going to propose? And like, why doesn't he say I love you? I was always like seeking that from my even the current boyfriend I'm with. And then as soon as he I think I just fell into that because that's what women are taught that we are. We're the ones that are chasing men. Men are the ones that are being aloof, that don't want to settle down. So I just fell into that archetype. But then as soon as my boyfriend kind of shifted and was like, no, I'm actually ready to settle down. And I was like, oh, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. It, I'm the one that's like, what the? F- no, this is too soon. I'm too young. I'm 40. I'm 39, which I really I can't believe I said I'm 40, but I'm 39. I'm like, I'm too young to get married. I really feel that way. I'm like. I have my whole life ahead of me. I'm going to live pretty long, probably with the way science is going and with how much money I have. I'm probably I'm probably going to do pretty well for myself and I'm going to be with you for it's too long. Um, And so I think I'm an F girl. So I think I'll probably be able to make fun of the F girls by identifying as one, too. And that's how you get away with, you know, roasting is like because you're taking it on these comedy central roasts, you can give it out. So I'll probably yeah. make fun of myself a lot. Well, you are. Probably going to live to be extremely old because you've changed your diet. And the whole idea of bringing you on here was because 
you are a vegan. Mm -hmm. I, I guess my question is, when did you decide to do this? And like, what are some of the obstacles that you've run into as being a, a, a vegan? Um, just, I mean, the biggest obstacle is like being annoying and having people <laughs> just go like, oh, you're a vegan. And like, it's, it's like being a Swifty. Honestly, I identify as both. And people are just kind of like, we get it. You like, yeah, it's just an annoying part of my personality. I don't like to broadcast it as much as um, some other vegans, but I do feel that this, I do feel like I have to, because it's, um, it's, uh, someone has a joke about this. Mark Marin had a joke the other night that I saw him do because he's a vegan now. And I'm so mad that he did it before me, but it's the only thing that I know I do that is right. That I'm better than everyone because I do it. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm And he said that on stage and I've, I've felt that before, but I've never been able to articulate it where I was like, I don't really know. Of, I'm a bad person in so many ways, but that's the one place where I go. I know I'm doing the right thing. Um, and it just comes. The only reason I do it is because I like I love animals and I um, always knew that if I researched enough what happens to animals in factory farms or even in like, you know, uh, free range chickens or grass fed beef, all the labels they give that make us uh, that give the illusion that these animals are happy are it's not really happening uh, as much as you would see or want to believe. And so I kind of avoided reading that stuff or exposing myself to it because I did like meat and cheese. And, um, and then one day, and then I got dogs. I got like my own dogs. I always had dogs growing up, but for some reason, my little scared rescue dog, like shaking, I had seen it had been through abuse before and it had been, it reminded me of an animal, like in a, some PETA ad I'd seen where an animal looks scared in a cage. And I was like, holy shit. My dog is a pig. It's a chicken. It's this. They're all animals that like are scared and their whole lives up until the point where they're slaughtered, which I think is the best part of their life. I never have a, when people are eating meat in front of me. I'm like, that animal is free. I'm happy yeah. for it. It's <laughs> dead yeah. now. Like, I don't care about dead animals. I'm happy they're dead. That's the best part of their whole life because their life up until that point is where's my mom? Oh, my God. What the? F where am I now? I can't stand up. Oh, my God. I'm everywhere. I'm covered in shit. I'm eating the same thing every day. I'm being stuffed with things. I can't move my wings. Like their life from birth to death is pure, utter chaos hell. And then they're dead and they are free and they get to go to chicken heaven or whatever. So I, I, that is, I mean, that's the only diatribe I'll go on, but that is why I'm a vegan. I desperately miss eating all things that are animal products. And I definitely am not a perfect vegan. And sometimes there's cheese on something and I'll just like flick it off and there's residue. I'm not like yeah. I won't eat that entire thing because it shared a serving station with a meat or whatever. Um, but I just try to do my best. And it's the one thing that like I, I I can't really go back on. It's almost like when I quit booze, I'm like, oh, God, I made this decision. And as much as I can't believe I'm going to die without ever eating uh, an animal or tasting feta again, like. You had your fun, Glazer. You had feta for <laughs> 28 years, whatever it was. Like Fine, wild that was, it, 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 everything has to end at some point. This is just ending for you a little bit sooner. And that's how I grapple with not drinking. Drinking used to be my favorite thing in the world, but like it's does, but it ends badly for me. So I have to just think when I quit drinking when I was 27, I just remember like, you'll just never you'll never see your girlfriends walk into a bar and go, what? Yeah. Girls are here. Woo, woo, woo. Like I'll never do that again. 
And that was a that was a thing I used to do. I'll never I'll just go, hey guys, over here. Like, you know, huh. that's just a, a part of me I have to say goodbye to forever. So um being a vegan is just a thing I do for animal rights and and nothing more. It's it's um, but it, it has turned into it's been so many years. I think it's been like seven or eight years. Wow. I don't I really don't miss cheese and meat. I, I did at first. Um, and you know, crab legs still look delicious to me and used to be my favorite food, but it's I don't feel like I'm missing out every day. It's just, it's just the way it is. So you go to a restaurant. How do yeah. you navigate the menu? Um, I look at all the ingredients in the other foods and then I ask them to make some, I just go put all your vegetables into a dish and just make it for me. Or I'll take a salad and be like, here, this is what I see what you got back there. I, I'm annoying. And I apologize profusely and I tip wildly yeah. and I acknowledge <laughs> that I'm annoying. I apologize so much. And, um, yeah. And I just, uh, uh yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Um, and but I'm I find that I am not a hard person to dine with. You as a vegan, you can find something everywhere. It's not that hard. You might not have like the most interesting meal, but um, there's something everywhere. I feel like people are always like, we gotta go to a vegan restaurant. It's like I don't even want to go to one of those places. Like we don't need to. I can find stuff. Um, and I'm I'm not that difficult of a of a person. But I do like vegan restaurants, and it's nice when you get to eat food. I think that it's one of those big things that a lot of people that, that, that are kind of like tiptoe into veganism or they want to play around with it. When they get to a, a restaurant, they kind of feel scared. Like they yeah. don't know what to really ask for or how to do it. A, I think you got to raise your voice and go, listen, you know, not raise your voice, but raise your hand and say, listen, I'm, I'm a vegan. Uh, cause when we take your reservation at a restaurant, that's one of the mm -hmm. biggest questions that we have. If there's any dietary restrictions or preferences. And if you make those, especially if you go to like open table, like you can make those notes. Those, Oh yeah. It's, really? which is great. And then we know you're coming which I think is amazing because it gives us a chance because our, our chefs usually go to the farmer's market twice a week, three times a week. If we know you're coming on Thursday, we're going to make a special trip. We're oh, gonna that's cool. Stuff. I didn't know that. We're going to flex. We're going to make something really special, even like like today. So the, you and I were texting earlier this week yes. about what your favorite vegan dish was. And, mm -hmm. and what did you, what'd you tell me? I told you I, I just miss ricotta so much. And um, I always like a cashew ricotta on uh, pizza. I like uh, lasagna, any kind of vegan lasagna. I'm down. I just miss. I think that's one food that can be replicated pretty well, vegan style, and that I found that I like even more. And it's just uh, that's so that's my favorite food. If I ever see vegan ricotta on anything, I get it. Well, I've never made it. I made it today. Oh. I've never made it before. Right. So so I, I looked up a couple of recipes. I went to the store this morning. I made a couple of recipes and I put one together. and I think it's bang it. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Down. Check it out. So uh, so this is uh, this is cashew ricotta cheese. Oh, 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 oh my God! What Pretty the? Right? So this is like a big so nachi board, right? This is like a big yes. nachi board. Like, so if you like hummus, you, you're gonna love this, right? What so are this, the, what's on top? Okay, yeah, walk us roasted, through. Roasted strawberries from my garden, roasted oh. beets, right? Basil from my garden, uh, more hard roasted cashews, and then uh, furikake, which is like this like Japanese rice seasoning mixture with uh, nori and sesame seeds. And it's got like a little bit of like lemon peel in it. And then just finish it, finish it with olive oil, right? Oh, my God. So I, I, I ne I've never made dream so I, dream dish. Dream dish. So that and I, I, I got some like beautiful Levon bread, grilled that shit up. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't oh, that my God. Yes. What is it? Why are we doing this on Zoom? What the f I know, is right? this? <laughs> sucks. So, so check it out. So so it's very like hummusy, right? Yes. The texture. Isn't that creamy? It's nice, right? Yeah. So this is... um. Untoasted 
unroasted, unsalted cashews. That's the big thing. You can't okay. make this with roasted cashews. You got to get raw cashews and then you got to soak them in water for about two hours until they get really, really soft. I was just walking well to this earlier. And then when they get, cause if, if you, if you don't let them go all the way, they're going to get chunky, almost like peanut butter. Uh-huh. So you got to let the meat get really, really soft, right? So How then, long do you have to wait? Two hours. Oh, like two, okay. yeah, two and a half hours. So I think that I, I read there's a fast way to do it with boiling water, but I just did it with cold. Gotcha. And uh, and then uh, and then you put it in a food processor with um, nutritional yeast, which I Love think is it. a big thing if you're a vegan and you're cooking in your, in your in your kitchen and you want that sort of like cheesy aroma in your food. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's also this really kind of nice kind of fermented effervescence, which I think is really, really nice. It's bright. It's a bright flavor profile. Lemon juice, salt, uh, and uh, and then um, 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 just the, the cashews and kind of blended everything up until it was nice and smooth. Added a little bit of water to it so it got nice and, nice and uh, kind of creamy and just luscious. It's delicious. It looks it's so delicious. fluffy. It looks like the kind, you know, it looks like the kind of consistency of hummus that I love where it's fluffy. Oh, God. He's loading it on a... He's <laughs> a bread. Are you so excited about this? Like Tyler, are you going to like make this a lot now? Like, is this... this is a thing? Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Look at that. I'm going for a big bite. Okay. Do it. And roasted strawberries. I've never had. Yeah. That sounds amazing with roasted beets. And then Nori, I I'm, I'm obsessed with any flavor of seaweed on anything. Hell yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for the, thank you for the, the mommy bomb. Mommy I'm so bomb. excited. That's so good. That's delicious. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yes, you nailed it. Banging. That looks good. Mm-hmm. And how Nikki, long did I that gotta... take you? Um, I don't. The, the like well, the two, soaking. Like, yeah, two hours. But other than mm-hmm. that, I, I did roast a beach. So I took about about an hour at three fifty. I just took beets, mm-hmm. washed them, salt, olive oil, wrapped up in foil, baked it. Uh, three fifty for about maybe fifty minutes. Thank about you. An hour. About an hour. Yeah, banging. So banging. If you like, if you like hummus, you're gonna like cashew ricotta cheese. Highly yes. recommend. I'm so excited about that. I would just eat that with a spoon. I like avoid yeah. bread, so I would just go in and just that whole plate. That I mean, uh-huh. that's one of the best looking things I've ever seen. I'm so excited. And, Thank you for making roast, that. The roasted strawberries are really nice too because they're jammy without the sugar. Yes. He do, Nikki. He does this to me <laughs> every episode it's where so he annoying. makes food, and I'm like, eat. I can I. <laughs> Fly up to San Francisco to try some of this. They're they're jammy without the sugar. I literally put them into a saute pan, a little bit of olive oil and salt. I roasted them when I roasted the beets with so three fifty, just so they get kind of mushy. So because like like I, so, yeah. like like strawberries are great, and if they're not like perfectly ripened, they have that sort mm-hmm. of white streak through them, and they're just like they're just a little little dry or flat. But it, it really kind of highlights the sugar if you can kind of cook them and roast them up like that. I've never even heard of it. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I got to ask, when you're going out to eat, are you looking at menus ahead of time? No, because I'm weird and I like to like wait. <laughs> I Just should. see how it goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I like eyes. to just be surprised and oh. then be like a, a little bitch about it when I get there and be like, you don't have <laughs> anything. And they're like, well, you didn't check. Um, No, I, I, I honestly like don't even like looking at the menu when you're waiting for a table. Like I like to just I like it to all begin when it's supposed to. I have very weird food stuff like I I just have like pickiness about like I'm not going to eat before anyone else. I hate when people are like, just eat first. I'm like, no, because I will like <laughs> I eat very fast and I'll be done before all of you. And then I'll just watch you and be jealous of your meal. Like I'm yeah. watching Tyler on Zoom like it's um, I'm very specific about how I like to eat. And um, and I hate my biggest pet peeve is when I order something like I find some way to like make the menu the way I want it. And I order something that just like sounds really good. And then someone goes. I'm going to get that too. I like really get annoyed when people get my order when yeah. I have, when it's just something that's on the menu, fine, get it. But when I have constructed it, I'm like, no, that's mine. And it bugs me. It's so weird. So when people are like, you order first, I'm like, no, I know this trick. You're going to get yeah. whatever I get. I don't like this. You go first. Um, so I'm a weirdo, I think, is my mini FOMO. Yes. And I just have like, I get so sad at the end of meals. I look forward to eating so much and it's like the best part of my day that um i also get very depressed after meals because i'm like i have to wait another like six hours before this happens again like i have um it's just this hit of dopamine that i start to like uh, three quarters through the 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 plate i start to just get kind of sad i have um i used to do that with uh christmas too like christmas i would always not open presents till the very end i like to like delay the pleasure because the best part of a meal is like when it's walking over to your table and you're like, oh, it's coming yeah. like that's it, it almost doesn't get better than that. You know that the first bite like on these food competition shows. It's always going to taste better when you're hungriest. You know that, Tyler, like food tastes best when you're hungriest. It's like the most need equals like you're the first bite. And then it's diminishing as you get fuller, like the taste of it. There's just no way around that. So I, I love the first part of a meal and then I start getting sad. And then I just have to tell myself, you're going to live long enough that there'll be another one. There'll be one hours. more. It's going to happen again soon. It's hey, so, so, so when you, when you travel around to like, you know, like your, your comedy tours, right? Cause like, I've, yeah. I've, seen, you at the, I've seen you at uh, Cobbs um, last time you were in town. Yeah. And I saw you at the comedy store, mm -hmm. both in town at the same time, which is awesome. And, yeah. and, and so when you travel around, do you have a Rolodex of restaurants that you just love? You must. At this point, yes, there are certain places we go to, uh, but it's generally I just take recommendations. I love Thai food. I kind of get Thai food all the time on the road because it's just a safe thing to get. Um, yeah. Coconut milk. Vegan styles. There's really always going to be tons yeah. of stuff that are naturally vegan on the menu. And um, I'm not like a foodie when it comes to like I have to have the best restaurant in town. I'm kind of like come from trash. So I'm used to just I, I don't 
mind just getting some shitty Thai food. But like I, we generally just get menus from around and my um, tour manager knows, like check the vegan places in town, check for a vegan pizza place or a pizza, a place that does vegan pizza. Cause I always like a pizza after the show. And, um, and yeah, find that fucking ricotta, that vegan ricotta, baby. Yeah, Let's do a, a, a search for that on, on Yelp. Good. Cause you know, there'll, there'll be reviews and they will say certain things um, in the review that you can find. But I love a um yeah I just like a Thai restaurant usually on the road but no I'm I think now that I've been on tour for so many fucking years of my life there are certain places I go to in cities where I'm like I can't wait to get this but generally we just try something new a lot a lot of times or take recommendations from fans because fans know I'm vegan you gotta yeah. go to this but you know the best yeah so when you're when you're at home and you're cooking for yourself what is that doesn't happen never zero, zero I don't cook. That's why I'm so embarrassed to be here right now. It's like <laughs> I am I have to be OK with it. But to be honest with you guys, I don't cook even a little. Not at all. Not at zero <laughs> percent cooking. I'm at a place in my life where I can make, get Postmates every night of my life for every meal. That is the financial place I wanted to hit. Yeah, I can go. go out to eat. Going out to eat is my favorite thing. Having meals prepared for me is my favorite thing. I don't like cooking. I've never been interested in it. It doesn't get it. It, it makes me feel um like less of a woman because i don't i have a lot of guilt around it but i just i don't like i don't like hiking i don't like cooking and i don't want kids and these are the things that make me feel disconnected from other women um and i feel like what's wrong with me but it's just who i am and i just don't i don't i don't think i'm ever going to get into it but I, I can't say never but um it hasn't happened yet so uh, maybe I should freeze my eggs to, to cook with someday too. <laughs> <laughs> make good reservations. I, I don't have a problem yes, with that whatsoever. Okay. Like as I as a restaurant guy. Good at. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, cook less at home. Come in more. We we appreciate that. But I, the, yeah, yeah I do. There's something really special about this. Like we're just we're talking about this earlier. Like you know, I, I you know, as as a meat eater, a pork chop tastes the same from from January to July. There's not a lot of difference in that, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I and I I think from a chef's perspective, you've got to step into the widest spectrum of opportunity when it comes to flavor and cooking and that's vegetables i just think you got to do it right and so we always kind of take it really seriously um what, what on, on our menu because i have a steakhouse right so we're definitely yeah. in, a, in a big way but we also like really specialize in, in like spectacular agriculture here in California. So like our, a lot of our produce that kind of comes from our farms and stuff, like we want to celebrate that and like yes. in this purest, purest form. Right. So we, we love vegans when they come to the restaurant. Good. That's good news because I know that it can be, or for many years it was like an eye roll type thing. And I get it. Like it's, we can be really obnoxious and self-righteous and, have to explain uh, oh my i'm special i'm different because my dietary restriction i don't like tend to be like that but it is always nice to me to hear when people who do cater to to um meat eaters are not um totally turned off by by vegans because i i can be <laughs> but i you know i heard i read somewhere that steak is the number one thing people choke to death on and i'm wondering and there was some <laughs> i was reading in this forum about people writing about number one thing Number one thing that people choke to death on um, because people, I think, are, get so excited and they eat it fast. And it's also like just, you know, it can be very chewy and you don't chew it well enough and it gets lodged. Um, have you ever seen someone choking on steak before? Because I hear that at steakhouses, <laughs> people were all in this forum saying, I work yeah. at a steakhouse. It happens all the time. We all have to be trained in the Heimlich. Like it happens. Oh, my God. Well, not my restaurant. Thank God. We, we, sure. We've had people choke before, but it's always sort of a passing thing. We've never yeah. had a scary situation where we've had to call an ambulance before. But... Good. Um, this is man, this is going back. This is like maybe 12, 
years ago, 13 years ago in our older house. We lived here in Northern California, Marin County. Yeah. And, um, and I can't even remember what I was eating. I think it was like stew. It was like beef stew or something like that. And I was laying down watching television. Ooh. You know what I mean? And then, and just, I, and I, I just, I, I swallowed a big chunk of like short, like, and it got in my throat and, and, and could not breathe. First of all, if you can't breathe, that's the scariest part of that. I can't, um, it's never happened to me, but God damn it. Yeah. Like the ambulance came, paramedics <gasps> came, got the Heimlich maneuver, had to go to the hospital. And then, and then right before they were, they're, they're going to like put me under and use forceps to pull the meat out of my throat. Wait, so you were like, it was kind of like unlocked. There was still some in it, but you could breathe. Yep. Barely. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God, Tyler. Holy my shit. My blood pressure dropped. My oxygen level dropped. It was like, this is kind of getting a little scary. So went to the hospital. A little, yeah. And, and yet right before they were going to put me under and use forceps to pull it out of my throat, I swallowed it. Oh my God. I love that you were just, all you had to do was swallow the rest <laughs> of it the whole time. So I was like, you want to just get him a glass of water? Well, it's like, it's like, this was like such a dramatic thing. It's like there's 15 people around me going like, oh, my God, is he going to be OK? And I'm like, oh, it's gone. It's over. No, That's it's it. terrifying. Yeah. And it's interesting that the Heimlich maneuver does work so well. People and that people kind of fight it off when they're struggling because they're kind of embarrassed, too, that they're choking. Yeah. But that it's like it's and I've learned how to do it to myself alone because I live alone. So I've watched like videos. on. It's one of the sad things. You just like hurl your body like a dead fish into the floor. Some people just <laughs> choke. Some people choke on a pill. Are you a choker? Who's who, no, I'm not. Thank God I'm not a choker. But uh, it, it, I, I was eating skinny pop in my car the other day, driving up the 101. And I'm like, what if I, I like kind of like <laughs> it got caught? And I was like, what if I was choking to death in my car? What happens? Do you pull over and just go like, like people would think you're insane. like you would just die. I would probably like try to Heimlich myself over the, the median. I was uh -huh. now I have like a plant. This is the things that uh, go through my head. Uh -oh. When I took an edible eight hours before, <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> like these horrible things, where I'm like, what if I die this way? It's um, my friend actually. This is a this is a choking story. My friend told me Ben Glebe, he's a comedian. He was doing a live show where he he um he usually does like face swap because he does uh, impressions, but fa his face swap app like got discontinued, so right. he had to buy like mustaches for this impression he does, and he does a live improv show from his house and. He bought all these mustaches. It was like 90 mustaches for seven bucks off Amazon. He goes, I'll get these. It'll be hilarious to have 90 mustaches. He's doing this show. He has this mustache. It's really cheap. And it starts like kind of falling off these tufts of hair. He inhales one. The stickiness from it gets stuck on his trachea and is lodged in his throat. And he is choking live on air for a really long time. <laughs> he starts to almost lose consciousness. He's Ricky Lake is on the show of all people is in his house on the show. She's trying to give him the Heimlich. He's elbowing her off. Can get away from me, Ricky. He's uh -huh. running around. He's about to like lose consciousness. And then he um he ran to his kitchen and got it. Like you said, got a drink of water and then swallow was able to swallow it. But um, don't buy mustaches off Amazon. He literally he was like. He wrote me a text weeks before and said, I almost died. I had a, a I had an experience where I literally almost died. Can't wait to tell you about it. And then he told me the other day and I'm like, that would be the most embarrassing way to die. <laughs> I want to I want to read that one star review. He's got to give it a one star review right. a, with, with like five paragraphs of like deep detail of what happened. It would be so funny. It would be so, so tragic, but like a really funny way for a comedian to die. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch out. But I, I, I think about these things a lot. Yeah. Choking to death. Mm. I'm going to die. You know, it's one of those days guys. Uh, Nikki, I feel like we could do this 
all day. Uh, you were the, <laughs> we know you were the funniest freaking person oh, in the world. Nice. <laughs> what are all the things that you're doing? Cause you're doing so much right now. Tell everyone out there all the things that you're doing and where we can find you, where we can see you and all that. Well, stuff. I do a podcast with iHeartRadio, which you guys are on as well. Um, yep. um, called the Nikki Glazer podcast. I do it twice a week and it's just truly me picking up a microphone with my best friends and just rambling. And it's, um, really easy to jump in on. It's not something you have to go back and like, well, can I catch up? It's just like, it's really free form and it's, I say stuff all the time that could get me canceled and it's just a, it's a safe place. And I really love people to listen. You can just jump in whenever and it's fun and funny. And then I do, I have a stand up tour that I'm going to start up again, September 15th at Chicago theater. So I really want to sell that show out. And then it's like um so many cities. And then I'm eventually taping a special at the end of the year. That'll be out um, next year. So I'm on tour and then at, look for F boy Island on, on the CW. Um, and yeah. And, and then F girl Island. Um, I'm, I'm pretty busy. Life is really good. And then good I'm, yeah, thank yeah. you. And I'm always, you know, performing in LA. I don't live there, but for now I do. And, um, yeah, I'm at comedy clubs in LA all the time. Are you still in St. Out. Louis? Are you still in St. Louis? I still live in St. Louis. Yeah. I moved yeah. back during the pandemic and then I just stayed. That's my hometown. And, um, and no one really knows I'm there. Uh, everyone in LA thinks I'm in New York and everyone in New York thinks I'm in LA. And so you just kind of stay safe in St. Louis. And, yeah. uh, but I'm thinking of moving back to the coast cause it's nice. And, um, and I need more friends. Like you just, your friend, um, everyone in St. Louis is married with kids. And so you got to go where the young people are that haven't done that yet. Yeah. So very true. Back. Yeah. Come on back, Nikki. Come we need you back. back. Well, I originally met you in uh, Nashville when you had a I show. Know. And I was coming yeah. through promoting my shows at Zany's. And I just remember Zanies. this guy, you had a bulldog. And it's Bloodhound. not often. A, that's right. And yeah. um, so, like more stretchy skin, but still like yeah. if a bulldog <laughs> just was like, you pushed its skin up on a bloodhound, they would be bulldog. Um, Yeah. And I just remember you don't meet many like cuties in radio. And I was like, this guy is so what a he should be on camera. And then you were very yeah. shortly after that. I was like, I, know that. <laughs> I remember being like, he's a cutie. Uh, but yeah, it's and it was so nice running into you and Sarah at um, I think the Critics Choice, Critics Choice Awards is where we yeah. saw each other. That was fun. Last it's time, always yeah. fun to see you. And um, yeah, run into you're always just like a real person amongst all of the um, Hollywood bullshit when you're like, I feel out of place. And I go, oh, well, he's a real person, Sarah. <laughs> she's a real person. And you can kind of just like talk about the craziness around you and you feel a little bit more um, less alone in this in this wild world. Well, I truly am an imposter in in. Likewise. Like at those award shows. No, yeah. you're actually on TV mm. and you're actually talented. I'm I feel not like one, though. It's I, I think everyone <laughs> does. And that's what I realized at the Critics Choice Awards. I was just like, man, everyone's trying to be cool. Like even the coolest people in this room, like Jeff Bridges is still like kind of trying to be cool. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone in Hollywood is here because they don't have good self-esteem and they need strangers to love them. And it's all kind of sad and desperate. And we're all not that different from each other. And no one here really is better than anyone else. I mean, there are certain the talent levels are, are vary, but everyone has a core of desperation. And just please like me. That is really beautiful and made me. I just I again, micro dosing before yeah. Critics Choice Awards was a probably helps. bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was having an existential moment of like, this is all bullshit. This is like a, you go to these award shows. I know you have to go. We go to these award shows and it's like 
you just realize that it's like this is like a middle school play. Like it's just a, it's so much smaller than it looks on TV. And you're like, everyone's just playing dress up for one night and everyone's just going to go home and take off their makeup and be a normal person again. None of this is real. None of these people are actually <laughs> inherently better than I am at home watching t- TV and watching this. And it's a refreshing thing to realize. And depressing because yes. you're like, what am I doing this for? Even That's the people a, that are winning are like look miserable and kind of, you know, insecure. It's like a really interesting like award like ceremony, right? Like the the Critics Choice Awards, mm-hmm. like the Great Food Truck Race just got third nomination. Hell yes! Year. We won. We've been nominated three times. We won one. Um, but uh, th- that's a good. It's a good time. It's it fun. is a good time. You know, Beverly Wilshire. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, food's not bad. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. delicious. It was I was stealing off other people's plates when they would get up to like give a speech yeah. and they, and people don't like, you know, everyone's I was in like the tiniest dress that was so tight. And I was like, oh, I realize why people like can't eat at these things. But I was definitely it was it was awesome. I was stealing food from people. It was great. All right, guys, it's been amazing. I'll let myself go. Nikki, thank you so much for coming thank on to Disney so in the much. Kitchen. Uh, so you're, the, you're the best. Tell everyone <laughs> over at F-Boy Island. I say hello. I and- will. We finally move back to Los Angeles. We yeah, hang come out. Back, come back. Yeah. I can't wait. I'll, I'll yeah. we'll all hang. Thank you guys so much. This was All so right. fun. The best. All right. Bye. See you, Nikki. Thanks. Bye bye. God, she's so funny. Isn't she she's great? I mean, like so all of the um the comedy roasts on Comedy Central. Yeah. She's the standout star out of all of them, right? I remember like I think Martha Stewart like crushed when she was on there, but like mm-hmm. Nikki Glazer, there's nobody better than her, and she's just yeah. so funny. Yeah, and, and again, yeah, she's no. a real person. I, I just love that. And it's like there's there's like that level of like comedians and chefs, I think, kind of connect on a lot of different levels because we just want to make people happy for a living. Yep. Uh, but uh yeah, she, she there's something really great about her, she's really funny. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone to listening to uh, Two Dudes in a Kitchen. I wish I was in San Francisco because I want to eat some of that cashew ricotta cheese, cheese ricotta, whatever you made. Looks I'm going to pop the video up on our uh, Instagram page. So so go yeah. check it out there. Um, and it's a really easy recipe. Like if you like hummus, you'll like cashew ricotta cheese. It eats the same way. It's fantastic. Oof. Nice vegan recipe. Thank you for the the um, the the heads up on that one because I've never heard of it before. Never made it before. Yeah. Smash the it. inspiration. It yeah, totally. Thank you, Nikki. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Later. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.